The cost of living is rising, interest rates are going up, groceries are getting more expensive and it's getting harder to travel with the rising price of airfares. None of this is news to you. But in recent weeks, we have heard stories of people who are really struggling, which are in stark contrast to some of the eye-boggling profits from some of Australia's largest companies and their reporting. So what can we do? What should we do to ease the pressure on the average Australian household? Andrew Lee is the Assistant Minister for competition joins me now on Iron Drive. G'day, Andrew. G'day, Andy. Great to be with you. You've spoken about market concentration allowing companies to lift profits excessively and keep wages low. Are Australian consumers and workers being rorted here? We certainly know that excess monopoly power is bad for consumers. It uh, drives up prices and drives down choice. It means that firms don't do as much research and development uh, and you don't get the sort of innovation that you'd expect in a highly competitive economy. Uh, But what I'm increasingly concerned about now is that uh, market concentration might also hurt workers too. You know, the classic extreme is a company town where you've only got one choice as to who to work with. In that situation, you have the employer exerting a sort of power over the workers uh, that a monopoly exerts over consumers. Uh, And this monopoly power, monopsony power, the the power that employers have over workers, seems to be prevalent in a lot of parts of uh, Australia, particularly regional Australia, and might be a reason why we haven't seen the sort of real wage growth we would have hoped over the last decade. Yeah, this word monopsony has come up recently in the book Choke Point Capitalism, pointing at uh, companies like Amazon or Disney or Netflix. It's something that a lot of markets, I think, are assessing. But here in Australia... Uh, you know, we clearly need more competition. How do we do that from a practical standpoint? Well, one of the things that uh, troubles me is the prevalence of non-compete clauses. Uh, These are clauses that basically say that workers uh, can't go to a competing firm for a period of time after they finish with their employer. Uh, You might think that that's reasonable if you're dealing with uh, high-tech workers with a lot of information in their heads, Uh, but I've been told that they also exist in contracts for early childhood workers working on the minimum wage. Uh, If you stop workers from moving to other employers, uh, then invariably you're going to reduce their choice and drive down their wages. And so those non-compete clauses uh, may be a problem. Uh, In the US, the Federal Trade Commission has proposed a nationwide ban on non-compete clauses. So I've asked the competition watchdog and treasury for advice as to what we might do here. So when can the public expect details on on the ACCC's uh, look into this? I mean, surely the longer it goes, the worse people could be, you know, off in terms of the economy, in terms of cost of living. I'm hoping to hear back from them within weeks rather than months, Uh, but we're at the beginning of a conversation over employer power here. It really hasn't been something that's been on people's radar, despite the fact that in economics it uh, has a long history going back 90 years to the great Cambridge economist Joan Robinson. Uh, The discussion around how market power might hurt workers is in its infancy, Uh, and the reason that I did this uh, speech at uh, Per Capita today uh, was in order to shine a spotlight on some new research by uh, Jonathan Hambor that's out in the public domain now, uh, and which really points to the way in which uh, wages uh, may not have grown as rapidly because workers don't have the, the choices that they should have. With respect, Andrew Lee, what can be done in the meantime? These sound like big structural kinds of uh, regulatory type uh, changes or, or, or a vision, if you like. But, you know, the average Australian listening to this now is going, well, I don't know how I'm going to pay the rent. I don't know how I'm going to pay for food. Uh, these are the most pressing issues. It's hard to sort of give them that structural change when tomorrow seems uncertain. 
Yeah, great question. I mean, since coming to power just a matter of nine months ago, uh, we have uh, uh, banned unfair contract terms and raised the penalties on anti-competitive conduct. Uh, we've asked the competition watchdog to look into uh, anti-competitive conduct in digital platform services, and we're currently consulting on whether we need platform-specific regulation and a ban on unfair trading practices. Uh, we're moving on this because we recognise that competition reform is at the heart of a dynamic economy. Uh, one of the reasons why we saw rapid productivity growth in the 1990s were those Hilmer-Keating productivity reforms that put about $5,000 a year into the pockets of the typical Australian household. Uh, competition reform is uh, at its heart uh, about making sure that workers have lots of choices and consumers have plenty of choices. Uh, that gives us the sort of economy that encourages new firms to come in and challenge the big incumbents. And yet when you look at the Australian share market, the biggest five firms now, well, four of them were there in the mid-1980s. Uh, it's a pretty stultified economy at the, at the very top. Uh, and I think a more economic dynamism would be good for everyone. Assistant Minister for Competition, Andrew Lee, is my guest on RN Drive this afternoon. And Andrew, the federal government's superannuation changes coming into effect, what, from the middle of 2025, mean that people with super balances over 3 million will be more taxed uh, by, what, 30% instead of 15%. The opposition says Labor's claims uh, that this change impacts a small percentage of people are misleading because the $3 million cap won't be indexed. Is that a fair criticism? Well, look, this is affecting a tiny proportion of, of Australian superannuants. That's uh, the top 0.5%, one in 200 superannuants. But isn't, to, isn't the opposition's point this. that it will affect increasingly more people if this indexing argument stacks up? Well, you know, it clear, clearly it will, uh, it will have a slightly larger impact over time, but it's still going to be on a very small share of people. And let's remember uh, what sort of tax break people with, who have more than $3 million in super are getting. It is a tax break which in, in most investment return years is going to be bigger than the full rate age pension. Uh, so the question is, do we continue this way, providing tax breaks bigger than the full rate pension uh, to a very small number of Australians, or do we make this modest change that doesn't affect anyone's balance, doesn't come in until 2025, still provides concessional earnings rates on superannuation in order to make the system a bit more sustainable? Labor created super in the early 1990s. We've always fought for increases in the universal contrib contribution rate because we want superannuation to work. We were really worried when the government let $30 billion slip out of super during the pandemic. Uh, we want to ensure the system is sustainable and that it works for everyone. There has been two kinds of criticism to the government's plans, uh, plan changes on super. Uh, one has been that, well, the plan isn't ambitious enough. Independent Senator David Pocock wants Labor to cut the threshold to two million and index it. I'll just get you to respond to that before I ask you about the opposition. Yeah, I mean, this is what will happen when you're in the sensible centre. You'll be attacked from the, from the left and right. We believe we've got the balance right on this. Uh, we think that, uh, that this is a measured, careful response that ensures the sustainability of our super system uh, and focuses superannuation on ensuring the dignity of retirement. Uh, superannuation shouldn't be about providing uh, a tax-advantaged inheritance to people. It should be about the dignity of Australians in their retirement. And Shadow Treasurer Angus Taylor was on RN Drive with me yesterday. He says it amounts to a broken promise. Your response? 
Look, we've 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 said said very clearly we weren't making major changes to superannuation. This isn't in the char- character of a major change. This is uh, simply a sensible tweak to the system. Uh, you know, it's smaller than the changes that the former coalition government made in 2016. Uh, and indeed, Angus Taylor a couple of years ago was uh, telling us that uh, multi-million dollar super accounts shouldn't be exempt from tax reform. And he seems to have changed his tune now that it's politically convenient for him. Yesterday, Jim Chalmers refused to rule out changes to capital gains tax concessions in an interview before the Prime Minister stepped in and and did so. The Treasurer then later admitted that he should have done the same. This has led to reports of a possible rift between the two. What's your response to that? No, none at all. No, the two the two blokes are uh, sharing a birthday today. They they work very closely and collaboratively together. Uh, the rule in rule out game is one of the silliest games in politics, and I think uh, uh, Jim's unwillingness to play it reflects his focus on big economic reforms. It's really important. We've got a treasurer that is focusing on the big picture, and the handing down of the tax expenditure uh, statement yesterday provided Australians with a, a fresh window into these tax concessions. Jim wants to have an honest conversation with people informed by the very best data. Uh, and I'd encourage people to have a squeeze at that tax expenditure statement to get a sense as to uh, where some of these big budgetary costs are hitting us. At a time with nearly a trillion dollars of Liberal debt, we do need to be really careful with every expenditure and every tax concession. Assistant Minister for Competition, Andrew Lee, thanks for joining me this afternoon. Real pleasure, Andy. Thanks for the conversation. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.